my partner's enthusiasm is brought to you by Five O'Clock Energy. Because <laughs> we are running a marathon on these episodes. Yes, sir. He was knocked out. <laughs> Two seconds later, this motherfucker is on the fucking ceiling making pointing ass points. To which I haven't had a five o'clock energy in like eight years. I'm like, dog, you got any more of that? Is that cracking that? This nigga lit up like a motherfucking firework. That's that five o'clock energy. So hey, five o'clock energy, cut the fucking check. Cut the fucking check. Silk Man, they'll say Doso Leone, Swire Air Silky, Macho Man, Silky Savage, the big silk dog in the building with my compadre as always. It's your boy Louie Newton, the resident Rizza of the podcast. I put out the power when we was out of options. Y'all already know it's you, Lou, <laughs> Lou Hawker Show. We got the spirit gun for the ops. What up? Yeah, we back at it with another uh, Atlanta. Season two recap, like we do over here at Anthropophagy, we mind and mind the culture. Now we're talking about season two, episode ten. Uh, it's entitled "Fubu," uh, and we're gonna start off <laughs> reading the uh, Wikipedia synopsis. So, in a flashback to the late 1990s, a middle school age urn played by Alcoya Brunson comes to school wearing a yellow Fubu shirt. He is statically picked for marshals. However, another student named Devin Myers comes to school wearing an extremely similar shirt and word quickly spreads that one or both are counterfeit. Ridicule from upperclassmen also accompany these accusations. Once the school day ends, Ernest close to being exposed, but Alfred, played by Abraham Clinkscales, interjects and deflects the accusations onto Devin. The following day, <laughs> Ern's homeroom class is informed that Devin committed suicide, with early theories stating that the choice stemmed from trauma from his parents' divorce compounded with the bully. The latter appears to be unknown to faculty. Ern is guilt-ridden, but keeps it to himself. Alfred, alternatively, uh, seems apathetic. The, I didn't even, I, I didn't know any of that going in, but like it makes so much sense. Like, and the opening song was played by Give Me One Reason. Uh, Give Me uh, One Reason to by, Stay Here. By Tracy Chapman. And, and I'll it, turn right back around. And the closing song, If I Rule the World, Imagine That by Knives. <laughs> Y'all know the song. <laughs> and and uh, my partner's enthusiasm is brought to you by Five O'Clock Energy. Because we are running a marathon on these episodes. Yes, sir. He was knocked out. Two seconds later, this motherfucker is on the fucking ceiling making pointing ass points. To which I haven't had a five o'clock energy in like eight years. I'm like, dog, you got any more of that? Is that cracking that? This nigga lit up like a motherfucking firework. That's that five o'clock energy. So, hey, five o'clock energy. Cut the fucking check. Cut the fucking check. Like, I honestly, I don't take five o'clock energies like that. Like, but like, I, I've never done like we but we make a lot of jokes about coke and shit. Like, I've never done any coke, but like, I imagine this is what it would feel like. This shit works. I don't think bro. you need to. Well, I, I, don't, I never need to. Like, I just think five o'clock energy. Like, five o'clock energy. Yeah, like, because I don't need to feel any better than this. Like, if it's better than this, like, I'm good. I'm right. Good. Yeah, because <laughs> you are out of here. <laughs> Like, I, I, I actually have interviews. Nigga singing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, hey, you started off, man. You start off this this episode, man. Well, you know, 
Go ahead. Okay, so off. like we 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 got the um <laughs> synopsis and it ends and like you said, like kid unfortunately committing suicide, like heavy. And it's like kinda um foreshadowed with the with the opening song. Give me one reason to stay here. Like, and I'll turn right. So he these kids, it's this is the most accurate representation of school life for me. Like as a as a black as a black man or like a black person, just in general, women go through it too. Like like that that was my era. That's what it felt like where the social pressures and stigmas and the the bullying that I didn't really consider bullying because it was it was just life like that like you wear that fake shit like they gonna talk about you if you wearing that fake shit you know how to fight like punch a nigga you know what I'm saying like you you, you oh or or know how to throw throw it back like that that's just what you gotta navigate but like everybody doesn't go through that like so he got the um discount fubu from Marshalls. It's half off or twenty percent, whatever. Like it was enough for him and his mother, like not being up on like the the fashion and buying him all the latest shit. Like he was able to get that, and like he recognized it instantly as a steal. But and he wore it thinking like, oh yeah, this is gonna get me to that next level, that status to where I'm gonna get uh um I'm I'm gonna get recognition or some some type of Adulation from our peers. Right. So, so I, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. there, this episode in, in a nutshell kind of said, hey, it's, it's, it's tough being a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are going to bully you. They're going to find a way to pick, pick on you. I I think, well, and yeah, I see your, your point there because this is a multi, multi-racial school. Exactly. You see different races. Uh, Earn, true to his character, he has a, you know a black friend, but he also has a close white friend. Exactly. The white friend said, "I don't know what the big deal is. I've worn this shirt two times this week." So yeah. there is certain scrutiny on, and it's even talked about. And we're going to go back and be mm-hmm. a little bit more chronological with this episode. But it even goes to at the end of the episode when they were saying, "Hey," when his mom was like, "Hey, I'm gonna put this suit out for you. Mm-hmm. You know why I gotta wear a suit? Uh, you're a black man in America." You gotta look good. Your clothes matter. Your clothes matter. Right. And that's instilled upon us from an early age, as in like people are already judging you on your appearance, and the first thing they see is you being a black person. So the next thing they see has to be you're not that kind of black person. You're you're like you're trying to be the black person that's accepted, and for his mother. That acceptance looks like you have to wear a suit to prove that you're professional. But as a kid, you don't know nothing about the the workplace or wearing a suit. Like so, your first impression of like somebody who's acceptable is being fashionable, which is wearing the latest trend. Like so, you're getting instilled with this notion that your clothes matter. But the clothes that you know that matter, that you're seeing every day that matter, is the latest. Shit, this expensive, this name brand, that's what matters to you. And it's being reinforced unwittingly by your parents. Like, right. And that 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 made me think about um, you know, we're both 
big fans of comedy. You know, one of our one of our you know comedians that we like uh, is Bill Burr, right? Definitely, definitely. Bill Burr had a joke around how like you know when you first as a white guy you're you're scared of every <laughs> black guy you see, yeah. but then he noticed like hey. You really only got to be scared of the black guy who has got the got the bummy shoes on, because that dude is getting clowned. If you don't have the right outfit, you're getting clowned throughout your neighborhood. And they like you only got four shirts. It's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, when you say Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, on Friday he'll be wearing no shirt. <laughs> So like I eat the dude with the black Air Force Ones, the crinkled up black Air Force Ones. <laughs> like black people, we come up best. You know that, but like as a white guy seeing that, like he didn't say Air Force Ones, but we knew the dude he was talking about. <laughs> right. So it's like that's the dude you got to worry about. But Tracy. <laughs> right. You got to worry about Tracy. You got to worry about Ernie. <laughs> you know. Or or Darius, you gotta worry about Tracy. The black, right. the dirty black Air Force ones, they black and they dirty. Oh, it's a problem. Well, 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 the dude who, when you say, "Oh yeah, we about to go out of town for a few days," and he don't know nothing about, it, say, "Oh, I'm ready right now." That's the nigga you gotta worry about. <laughs> but but going back to the start episode, so yeah. see the episode which I thought this was a critical episode. Go, you know, because we have this arc, right? We have uh, we have in the woods where. We have Er, uh, Paperboy coming to a crossroads and realizing that, hey, if I want to get to that next level, you know, some things I got to leave behind. I can't be this trusted with my family. I can't keep it all the way real. So he's looking at this situation a little more circumspect, you know, a little more circumspect. Uh, And then that leads into North of the Border where Earn clearly shows that he's not completely capable of managing uh, a boy and taking him to that level. So then they bring it all the way back to the essence of their relationship. Yeah. I mean, you already know that they're cousins, but do you know how close they are? Do you know that they went to the same school? Exactly. Did they get each other out of jams? Or rather, uh, Paperboy getting Earn out of a jam. So this episode was needed to just kind of dial it back and get this flashback episode to realize, you know, what is the nature of their relationship? So... Episode starts off with Earn with his mom, Adam Marshalls. Um, and Earn is the kid that smart kid in school. Nobody's really relying on him to be the the the, the fresh kid or anything like that. Kind of reminded me of me, like going through school. Like I was never the fresh kid. I never had Jordans. Like my parents I, I got stuff from Kid Spot until I was like in high school, which is an outlet store in Birch Run. <laughs> So I was never the fresh kid at all. Like I may have had a couple pairs of Nikes coming up, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Like now, nah. yeah, I, I like, get you it. know we, we grew up together. So you know, <laughs> I was never the fresh kid. I was borrowing your clothes. We was going out and doing stuff. Like I didn't have the fresh shit. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's even going back with. I was so ahead of my time during this time. <laughs> you were not the fresh kid. We like, to- his ego just kicked in. Like, <laughs> you heard his ego click. <laughs> we were at, I had, I had leather pants that my sister got me that I had to take back because I wanted to be the cool kid. My sister was a good sister. She's like, okay. let, me get my, let me get my little brother some leather pants. I'm thinking Drew Hill showed us leather pants. She got me some tight ass. Jimi Hendrix high on heroin on the fucking Woodstock Jeep uh, leather pants. And then also, I was like, hey, y'all, let's go to the Gap. So looking at fast forward 20 years later, not a Gap's the hottest thing. So I was actually ahead of my time. You know what? I'm going to give you your flowers and shit. Like, 
Because the leather pants, like, if you would have waited, now there's no time where it's cool to be, like, just going out wearing leather pants. Especially <laughs> tight leather pants. Yeah. This had to go, they had to go back immediately. I was irate when I opened that box. I was like, you trying to get me raped out here? I actually said that in front of my parents. They're like, what the fuck? You trying to get me raped out here? <laughs> I was trying to shoot you some bad, but like, yeah, like, nah, nah, <laughs> that wasn't it, wasn't this, bro. <laughs> but no, you fast forward the vision, though. Like, yeah, I, I, I had the vision, the vision, man. Yeah. Remember niggas in Paris that Kanye had on the leather pants? <laughs> but I was ahead of my time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? But yeah, so, you know, they had Marshalls, which is very familiar to me. Like, uh-huh. I, I, that, that scene reminded me so much of me. Like, as far as like, I want my mom, like, oh, can I get this? This hot thing that's on sale at this right. store. It's like, all right, I'm gonna get this for you, but you're gonna have to do a lot of chores and all that kind of stuff. So my my so it was like I that kind of like resonated with my kind of upbringing of, you know, not very materialistic. My parents didn't buy me the nicest stuff. They was more focused on me doing well in school. Mm-hmm. I didn't I never had that nice kind of stuff. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so like it's kinda of same with me. Like I was always the, the middle of the road kid. Like I I wasn't the bummiest. I wasn't the uh the the focus of the bullying, but I saw the bullying like and it brings us to when Earn got on the bus that morning. He's feeling good. He's got his food warm. Like the bus pulls up. He didn't wait for it to stop. He was walking up past everybody else because he was eager to go to school. He had that jersey sent out that night. Like he, he wanted to be seen. He was up before his alarm. Exactly. Like so he gets on the bus and he sits down and like clockwork, everybody said, "Oh, nice shirt, nice shirt." They're, they're noticing that he's getting exactly what he wanted. Like he sits down, and you are introduced to another character who's not named. I don't believe, uh, maybe he is, but I, I didn't catch his name. But somebody throws something on the bus, and it hits a it hits a kid who's sitting with a girl. He's like, "Who threw that? Who threw that?" Somebody points him out, like <laughs> completely knocks him out. He goes up there. And like you're, you see him talking to him, and again, we're thinking it's kids. Like you're not expecting this, but like he punches the kid in the head, and you see his head bounce off of the glass window. Like he, he kind of fucks that kid up, and it's kind of like it, it takes you back. Like oh shit, but it takes you back to that time. Like I don't know about the listeners, and I'm sure some of y'all can relate. Like I related to it, like because. I remember being on a bus, seeing people get fucked up. I, I remember fucking people up on a bus. I remember I took a L on a bus. Like, I, I've been in all three of those situations. It's it, yeah, because this is the period where you you can be aggressive and you can fight. And what's the consequence? With no consequence. You might get suspended. Maybe. You might get detention. <laughs> right. You can't do that stuff as an adult. So it's like being in high school, being a kid, it's such a precarious time, you know? Yeah. It, it, it teaches you how to solve problems in every situation. Like, in every one of those stages, you are like, whether you're the person administering the punishment, taking the punishment, or witnessing the punishment, it shows you how to move kind of in a micro, in a, like, in, in a safe bubble to where, like, yeah, you could tell on that dude, but you got to deal with the consequences of that. Or you could be that dude, you got to deal with the consequences of that. But like, there's a no- dude that actually, he's like, hell, it's this nigga right here. Yeah, so exactly. I wonder if he had any consequences from the one dude that did it. Probably not. But like, if that dude got in trouble, 
best believe the dude who pointed him out is gonna have some fucking consequences. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it teaches you how how your area of the world works. Right. You know, like in some areas of the world, like the dude who pointed him out, he might be praised. You know what I'm saying? Like not not, not where we're from. Like it, it doesn't work like that. But, but yeah, go ahead. So anyway, like he punches him in the head, like you and you see his head, like you you can almost like hear the concussion happening, like the CTE mm-hmm. developing. So <laughs> Irvin sees that and you and that lets us know that, oh yeah, violence is is right around the corner in any situation. Mm-hmm. That's a reality that he has to deal with, and his friend is just laughing, like it's funny, like this is everyday life. And again. That's how it was when I was in school. So, like, he sees that, and we move forward. He's in class. He's in class now. Um, getting all this recognition. Hey, nice shirt, Er, nice shirt. Yep, yep. Uh, he's, he's, in the, um, he's in biology class. They're mm-hmm. looking at a microscope. Um, you made an interesting point when we were watching it. Like, is that Van? That could possibly be Van. It, it, it kind of had, like, Van type of energy. His lab partner. Like, like his so- lab partner, right. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic because his lab partner is uh, a young lady. Like, she's maybe mixed race, but she definitely has the band type of hair. And you have another woman, or not woman, like a, another a, a, another girl who's, like, sitting across from her. She kind of gave him the eye saying she liked the shirt. They, they so it was notes passing. So it was, like, notes passing with... So this, so Erica, that character is like the fly chick, exactly. And of course, every fly chick got a sidekick. Yep, that's their intermediate intermediary. Yep. So the intermediary is passing the passing the notes. And in between the notes, you got the van character. She's saying like the school related stuff, like, "Oh, is this a such and such sale?" And he'll go over and look and say, "No, that's a such and such sale. Get a note." And then she'll be like, oh, well, she said, oh, you're smart, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and get another note. Like, and so he's doing the, the, the schoolwork at the same time, entertaining the um, Erica character's notes. So the notes were interesting. Like, go ahead. Like, I mean, to cut you off. Oh, no, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of take, you know, takes you back to this is the 90s. Yeah. We're yeah. not, nowadays, you just text, right? Right. You know, it'd be a group <laughs> chat or whatever. So this is reminiscent of, I mean, in the 90s, what was, I mean, early 90s, damn. No, it was late 90s. Oh, late 90s. Late, so late 90s, yeah, that's high school for yep. us. Yeah, uh-huh. so freshman, sophomore year in high yep. school. So that's before, that's around Motorola two-way pay. That was the uh-huh. big thing. That was yeah. the senior year. So, yeah, you still passing notes in high school. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting thing about that scene is, like, she's recognized, like, oh, he's smart, you know, whatever. He's like, but she's not the it girlfriend. Exactly. She looks like possibly Van, and it's kind of foreshadows their dynamic moving right. forward. That he doesn't, you know, they have a baby together, or whatever. But he's not committed to her. Exactly. He wants the, the he's still looking he for wants the, the next best thing. Yeah, right. And then, but she also points out, you got a thread on your uh-huh. shirt. He rips that off, and it destroys his life. <laughs> and then there, and, and then I think was that other character the one that uh, Devin who had the shirt on was he introduced before Let, that? Yeah, uh, let's let's rewind. So, yeah. Ern comes in the class with his shirt on, and everybody's giving him props like, "Oh, oh, yeah, you got like they're they're like he won, like he succeeded." Until Devin comes in, almost exactly the same shirt. His has a patch. There's a few minor differences. So, like, they can't just have similar shirts. Like, 
wearing this with this is the water wearing. Yo shit, one of y'all niggas got on a bootleg shirt. One of y'all shit is fake. Now it's a hunt to find out who's got the fake shirt on. And the thing is, the Devin character, he comes in, he's got two earrings in his ear. Yep. His food Clean. shirt got the patch. He, he got the hot top fresh fade, cut. fresh fade. Earn got the napkin got on Jordans. Earn the day before was invisible, wearing some kind of flannel, whatever, yep. beat up shoes. And no haircut, no line up, nappy yeah. throat. It wasn't cool back in the 90s like that. You can get that shit off now. Back then, like, no, nah, nigga, it's, it's, it, that's not what it is. So it's cool. I mean, even right, I, I knew right then and there that, hey, this Devin care, like, right. he's on brand. Exactly. He's on brand. Have that, right. right. Like, it's if I came, if I came into high school, and I had on a motherfucking Pelly Pelly or, or, <laughs> or, the, or the race car jacket rock, that we used rock. to rock or some rock ports, you know. And then it's a nigga that wear that shit all the time. But we got on the same Eminem, uh, Eminem race car jacket. Slightly different. Right. <laughs> His got all the fresh shit on it. Got the got the fucking tags. Then my shit is just a race car jacket. Eminem. <laughs> it says Eminem's on it. Right. So you, you know who's... And like later on in the episode, like Devin even says that like, Hey, my, my, my dad gets me, got me this jacket, blah, blah, blah. You know, I got all the Jordans and shit. Earn coming this bitch bummy every day, so you know his shit. <laughs> like, like, he said, I got all the Jordans. Like, and that, that's, it's fucked up because that's like a, a staple. Like, you saying that is some kind of validity to your character. Like, it, mm-hmm. you can't talk about me because I have this thing. Like, I have this thing, so I'm a valuable member of this hierarchy like it, and it's because of what my father bought me and like you hear Ern's explanation of that like oh yeah his dad is like 30 he has all the fly shit like right. he knows what's fly Ern's mother is in her late 40s mid 50s like mm-hmm. she she's not she's not up to date with the fashion and shit and even if she was doesn't really have the money to afford it so like but or doesn't see the value in you it, wearing that kind of stuff. It, it, Maybe can't exactly afford that part it, but doesn't too. see the point of you having that kind of stuff. It, exactly. Like, but also doesn't see the impact of what it what it means to not have that. Right. Like, so you have all these different dynamics, and this show is like attacking it head on. Like, so you're seeing this, and it culminates in um, the the one kid who is the kind of validator of the fake shit. They're like, oh, we can't tell what's fake because this guy's in here. The guy ends up coming and he looks at Ern's shirt and the first thing he says, oh, this shit is made in Bangladesh. Yo shit is fake. The other guy's shit is real. So let, let's go back a little bit. Okay. Right? Uh, as far as like character development and like I said, like the, the central part of this episode for me is Paperboy and Ern's relationship. So Paperboy is introduced into this episode. Uh, he's part of ROTC, um, which oh yeah, skip yeah, that so whole part, right? right ROTC. Right. Um, he's a type of guy that's breaking rules. You know, he, mm-hmm. he stole a dude's calculator, sold it back to him. Um, he's a smart kid. He's just as smart as Ern, but a little mm-hmm. more streetwise, um, older, uh, self-assured. Is he older? Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine he's probably like a year or two older. It, it kind of got that impression that he was okay. older, but you know, I could be wrong. But you clearly see they're on two sides of the track. Earn is this this good kid, smart kid, or whatever, kind of toeing the line. Uh, Alfred, on the other hand, knows how to skate around the rules. 
a smart kid. They're both smart, but he's more smarter, like the kind of like not walk the line kind of smart the way Ernie's. I would look at this as like an intelligence thing. Like you can be smart and read and do all the like you can research it and know a lot about a subject and still not be intelligent. Like intelligence actually applying that now. Exactly. Like intelligence is being in the moment and like you said, being able to apply that. Like and maybe Paperboy doesn't have the discipline to study the book shit, but in the moment, like you see that both of the it's not like Earns the smart one and Paperboy is the stupid one. Right. No, right. it's not that at all. They're both intelligent. Right. It's just how they apply their intelligence. It is. It's just different. Not not one being over the other. It's just different. Like Paperboy in this situation, he's better equipped to handle those social dynamics than Earns. More and, street smart. Exactly. And, and I, I I wouldn't even say street smart because he knew like he knew the rules like about like okay yeah. This is racism. To say that it's racist, you have to understand the systematic implications of racism. He wasn't just saying that. He said, oh, no, it's racism. He's saying that because of racism. And he's like, uh, no, you." he sold my thing back to me and blah, blah, blah. He obviously sold it. That's racism. You're saying, I obviously stole it because I'm black. Like, And then he's like, well, the principal says, this is why we don't allow the selling, uh, the buying and selling of stuff in this school. And I've told you this. So, our, uh, not our paperboy says, well, okay, yeah, you, you got me. I did sell it to him. But if, if that's the case, you got to write both of us up. Like, so he bought it. Like, buy it, and sell it. Yeah, it. Exactly. Like, so, like. But he, hey, that's the street smarts of, like, how can I get out of this? Whereas Irv, like, oh, I can't do that, so I won't do that. Where. He's knowing a way of like, how can I get around this? How can I use the rules against the person that's trying to get? Me I would consider the street smarts knowing that that dude is a mark, whereas the intelligence in the book smarts comes comes in as I know the rules and know know how to get out. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's that rogue scholarship. Man. Exactly. You can be street smart, but then you get caught and. Fuck around and you, you locked up, but like the intelligence part of it it's is knowing what and how to break. It. Exactly, mm. exactly. Like so, like that's intelligence. I'm not gonna like cordon that off in the street smarts of law. Like that's universal. Like these white people who getting off, getting millions of dollars of tax money for free. Like that's not street smarts. That's knowing the rules and shit. That's what he did just on a small scale. Like, you give him a bigger scale, he's doing that. Like, if you give him the knowledge, he's there. Like, that's not the street smarts. But, um, yeah, so you you get those two dichotomies, and then when they meet up, like, Ern is telling him, like, hey, like, I'm not as cool as you. Like, I, I don't know how to handle this situation. Everybody thinks my shit is fake. Paperboy had already heard about it. He's like, dog, that's you? What are you doing? <laughs> Like, I got this from Marshalls. It was also you can't be buying stuff on sale. You got to get some money, man. Exactly, like, and, and that—that's a whole nother dichotomy of the situation we're in. Like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you just wore a shirt to school. Like, he wasn't doing nothing. Like, he's like, no, you can't buy stuff on sale. He's not buying nothing. You got to get some money. He has no real option to get money. He's—he's he's a ninth grader. You know what I'm saying? You know the option for him to get money. Is what his cousin was doing. <laughs> Taking stuff out of people's hackers and selling it back to him. 
because that's how he got into that room with that with uh whatever that was principal vice principal whatever yeah, yeah. is he took my man's calculator. Did paperboy have on the football jersey though? This nigga had on all TC uniforms. But he probably got. I mean, that's probably the smart thing. Like all TC, it's uh-huh. like a disguise. Like you, it's like a cloak of like uh, respectability. Well, respectability, like respectability, conformity. I'm part of the system. Like you can respect. Like I'm doing this thing. Like yeah, it, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, fast forward to all right. So now we're at this point where you got this Johnny character who everyone's alluded to of like the person that knows what's real, mm-hmm. what's fake. He's he's like your your appraiser. He's like the guy. Like essentially, he's like an appraiser. Like he's a guy <laughs> with, a, with a jeweler glass to say what's real, what's fake. Um, and he makes a point of saying, because it's like, if it's FUBU, it's going to be made, like most stuff is made in China, but right. some stuff is made in Bangladesh. Yeah, definitely. But you can't have something by FUBU made in both of those different places. One of or, them is counted. Or, or can you? Like, who, who fucking knows? And I think that's a larger point to the episode two, like... Just because one person has this shirt that has this particular thing and another person has this that has that particular thing, it doesn't necessarily mean one is... we. He could have had the fake shit just because he has all the drawers. Don't mean he don't got a fake FUBU jersey. Just because Earn has his shit from Marshall's, like, doesn't mean that his shit... Like, they could both have real shit, but it doesn't matter who if it's real or not. It matters what people think. So, and little kids are assholes. Like, they're going to jump on any point of weakness to kind of, like, ostracize the, the, the kind of cold the herd. Like, you're the weak one, so we're all going to make, I'm going to have the best joke against you to make, lift, lift me up in the social standing and, like, they kind of jump on that. And that, that kind of, it's reminiscent of this book I'm reading right now, which, uh, Coast and Whitehead. I, I'm reading the book, you book reading ass. Thing. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, that's that's just teenagers, man. You're ragging on each other. You see, right. we haven't grown out of that as adults. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, like Sad Harbor is a great book where it's like you find any way to like needle at somebody and, and put fun out of them. And just, it's just kind of reminiscent of that era of, you know, being a child growing up black and this kind of stuff yeah. and like having yeah. like the cool stuff and not having the cool stuff and being ridiculed for it. But the main character is kind of like Ern's character where it's like he's, well, not necessarily, right? Because you, you look, what another thing I want to point out is, is Ern's room. So um, I would imagine Ern was one of those people who wouldn't have an outcast poster up. But as we, as you've made, made the point throughout us doing these recaps, Earn's not comfortable necessarily in that white environment. He uh-huh. just had the intellect to be there. Exactly. He's really just a nigga that smart that was able to go to Princeton. But in reality, he's you know he's he's still from where he's from. He's still like from where his from. culture yeah. is what it is. Yeah, which that's what's up. And they they make a point of that, even though it's like most of the time, like for instance, in this, that, that book I'm reading, that the main character, somebody is like, oh, I I, I got tickets to Depeche Mode or. Oh, I wanted, you know, I wanted to see Iggy and the Stooges and all this kind of stuff. And oh, yeah, I listen to rap, but that's just around, you know. Uh, Whereas uh, this character's like, he's got an outcast poster. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, to that Because he wants to, man- he's managing his cousin who is a rapper, and he can do that because he's married with the coach. Like, and Paperboy says that later. I'm not sure if this episode or later on, but he says, You know me. Like, you know who I am, and like, you, you get it. Yeah, like, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. But, uh, yeah, so what else do we have? So, chronologically, fast forward, yeah, yeah, fast forward to the point of like, uh, his, his, uh, his wait, his, did, we, did we even talk about what? What was the outcome of um the the fact checker dude like so I, I yeah that's what I wanted to right, get back ahead, to so yep. so Ern's trying to walk out low key mm-hmm. trying to leave trying to dip out they pull him in he first he finds out Johnny's there from his friends like oh yeah Johnny here he just got here late and now he's got a pang of anxiety he's trying to jet the fuck out of there uh, one thing I noticed though is like once they started pointing out. Somebody got on a fake shirt. Oh. They both put on hoodies. So, yeah, let me re- let, let's yeah. rewind real quick. I, I was just about to get to that. Right. So, Ern puts on his hoodie, like, and this is right um, right before lunch or right after the class when they discovered that they both have on the same thing. And it's like, oh, I got on the, I got all the drawers. Like, my shit is real, blah, blah, blah. So, Ern's in class with the van substitute. Like, so she points out that you have a thread hanging. He pulls the thread out, like, and right, again, yeah. that I, I, and we both saw that. That's like a uh, a metaphor for his character. Like, he's got trying to do all these things. He's juggling. He's smart. He's capable, but he has a thread. You pull that thread, it yeah, rips a hole in his jersey and exposes him for who he really is in his soul. And the camera pans back, and you see Devin, the other kid with the Fubu jersey. Looking right at him, smiling. <laughs> right, he not even smiling. He's just looking at him like. No, he he had a smirk on his face. He not smiling. Was, I, man, he's he that that made it even funnier. The fact that he was just staring at him like he didn't smile. He just looked at him like. No, you you got to remind it. He had a smirk. I watched it several times. All right, all right. But look, so in, in that point, that's when Ern puts the hoodie on. He knows he's found out or whatever. And uh, but it's he, interesting. Devin puts a hoodie on too. But that's not enough because, like you said, Devin puts the hoodie on too because it doesn't matter who shit is real. The only thing that matters is the perception, the 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 fucking bullying and the everything that comes with even the thought of you might have on some fake shit. It doesn't matter. Like so, both of them had on hoodies. So Earn leaves out and he's confronted by the same dude who punches the kid in the head on the bus. Like, and they're just giving him all type of shit, saying his stuff's fake and blah, blah, blah. Saying, oh, you got on Phoebe instead of Fubu. Right. Jokes ensue. Fast forward to the lunchroom. They're no longer talking to, talking to Earn. Earn's sitting with his friends, and his friends are telling him, oh, you lucky you don't have on the fake shit, because he told them, my shit's real. So they're assuming Devin is lying. Like, so you see camera pans out, you see those same kids who were harassing her and the same kid who would punch the dude in the head on the bus, they're harassing yeah, Devin. Yeah. And that's when Devin actually lets out, like, I got all the drawers, like, earn shit is fake, like, he's kind of trying, so you get this situation of both kids trying to, to like, evade the, the, the spotlight of these older kids and kind of put it off wherever they can. Like, De- Devin, he directly puts it on Earn. Earn does it kind of a little more slick. And he didn't even mean to do it. But, like, when he told his cousin, his cousin comes and says, no, he has the fake shit. So, yeah, and, this is going right. to the, the whole Johnny aspect. Exactly. Fraser 
you know, they pull him in, and then, yeah, go ahead. So, Johnny says, oh, no, it says this is supposed to say that, and for all intents and purposes, Johnny is the authority on this shit. He got it right, and Earn got his from Marshalls, and not necessarily saying it's fake, but Marshalls, they sell stuff that's irregular. Like, so it might have a thread. Like, it might be missing this or missing that. Not necessarily meaning it's fake, but Johnny goes on, oh, yours is fake, his is real, that's the end of it, and they go they go to pounce on Earn, but Paperboy's cousin comes in out of nowhere. It doesn't appear that anybody knows they're related or they even know each other. Paperboy comes, looks, and said, let me see. Yeah, he didn't play it off like they weren't related. Like, exactly. He's like, let me see like he's objective about it. Right? Exactly, like playing the objective, like just bystander, like, oh, no, yours says Bangladesh, yours says China. It's supposed to be Bangladesh. He and we say China because he's Chinese. Right, we never mentioned this, but uh, <laughs> the, what was his name? Um, Johnny yeah. is of Asian descent. So, like, Paperboy, like, and here we go, racism to save you. <laughs> you know, like, he says, oh, he, he says it's China because he's from China. He's Chinese. Like, and everybody laughs and says, and immediately goes in on death, like, nigga, you homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so they start going in, following him. He walks away. They're following him, and like that—that's the end of it. But we never really, and I know we kind of just dial it back one second. Like yeah. the one, like the class clown guy, you know, yeah. throughout the episode, yeah. like the one who's pushing this whole thing, right? Exactly. Um, but um, and he didn't have on no food. <laughs> he said, "Oh, I like that." Like when when uh, he was like, "I want to get one, but I got to wait for my birthday." Exactly. Exactly, but he's the, but he was the funniest. When the, te- when the when when class cloud, right? They had a substitute teacher come in, fat as hell. Like he, uh, he was like, "Why are your shoes so dirty? You got bacon grease on your shoes." Blah blah blah. Teacher says, "Sit down, sit down." He gets on his desk and like the teacher sits down, sits down. Right? He says, "Earthquake falls off the chair." Like every class, class is cracking up. Like so that that's who this kid is. Like. He's not necessarily the freshest. Like, he doesn't have his stuff, but, like, his thing is, I'm making people laugh. That's how I get my social uh, commodity or, like, the, yeah, social currency. Kind of, and then, exactly. Earn social currency is being smart. Exactly. And so, now he's trying, to, he's trying to be something he's not, just like he was trying to be something he's not in um, North of the Border. Uh-huh. Trying to play the tough guy. Right. So, so this, this gets us to... All right, so now the the uh, the gaze is pointed directly at Depp, mm-hmm. the kid whose social currency is having all the drugs yep. and being fresh. That's who he is. So He's now, got two earrings in, fresh ass, hot top fade. So then now, all the ire is on him, and he, he, you know, sadly he can't handle it. So before, like, we see and we kind of get a glimpse of it. So after that happens, school is out. Ernst walking to the bus. His friend comes up to him like. Oh, I can't believe he tried to lie on you. Like, dog, like, that's crazy because the, the, the 12th graders found out they doing that, man. Dirty. Yeah, yeah, like, so they, they camera pans out. You see them throwing shit like a whole group of people just hassling Devin, like, as he's getting on another bus, like, throwing shit at him. He gets on the bus and earn. You see him looking through the back door of the other bus at this whole thing that he kind of is responsible for because like 
He had the fake shit. <laughs> well, again, we don't know. And maybe fake, maybe he did, but it he wasn't feels fresh, like and he and it and it's not his brand to be fresh. So he right. popped out trying right. to be fresh with the fugu. It worked. Like we always talk about buff energy. You got yeah. know, Erica's number. It, it's like yeah. So <laughs> we didn't say that. So Erica, like, and when they were in class, she they were passing notes. One of them said, "Do you like Erica?" And he he checked yes. Then you got the van character. Oh, is it this or is that? He bounces over there like it's this. Then the next letter he got, or the next note he got, um, is your shirt real? And he checks yes real hard like he's angry. Bounces back to uh, the van character like, oh, uh, this this sells that on, on the school worksheet. Gets the third one. It says, are you sure? Because she don't like broke ass niggas. And <laughs> who is broke like in that in that situation like? None of you have jobs. Like right. none of you are working. Like it, it, it's just the what you have to. It, it's the culture we're raised in, where that is a thing from the day you're from the day you're interacting with other people. Like broke ass nigga is something you don't want to be. And now that'll rear its head, rear its head later. But so. At the end of the episode, right before Ern gets on the bus and before his friend comes up to him, Erica comes up and give him, gives him his her number. Mm-hmm. Hey, call me between these times, blah, 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 blah. He walks on the bus, and then that's when he has the conversation with his friends talking about uh, how bad Devin is getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we fast forward to uh, when the they next, get home. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so it's the next day they find out he committed suicide, right? And then... The, the class clown. How do we class. find out? We had the principal come into the room, mm-hmm. into their hall room, makes the announcement. Yep. Um, they're asking. And, and one thing that we didn't talk about on this episode, but um, this this whole episode, it kind of felt like a little bit like season four of The Wire. Just Yeah. Yeah, I was getting those yeah, vibes. Right, yeah. you know, it's that better done. Especially, well, I don't know about better done. Uh, but um, and why I say that mainly is because of the the one character who had her head down and the teachers trying to prod her, you know, and then she shows up at the end of the episode all chipper, wanting to read, um, coming in late with McDonald's or whatever. But um, yeah. So then he finds out that that the kid killed his. Son. Wait, wait. Let's go a little bit deeper on that because, like, yeah, we did talk about that, and that that's another thing about this episode that makes it one of my favorite episodes. Like. When we're first introduced to her, you see her at her worst. Like, like the teacher, she sleep with her head down, and the teacher's like, "Hey, like you can't sleep in the class." And she's like, gives her a smart remark, and she's like, "We've had meetings about this. Are we gonna have a good day?" And she looks up and said, "Shit, I don't know." Or she don't say shit, but she's like, "I don't know." Are we like in a challenging way? And like, it looks at her real hard. But then they show the teacher's perspective, and you see. Her face and her eyes, she's got bags under her eyes. She's obviously tired. She obviously has something going on because that's homework. That's the first class of the day. She's got something going on. She hasn't slept. You could just see it in her face, but you don't know how the teacher is internalizing that or interpreting it or how she even handles it because it just cuts to the next scene. Like, But like, I would like to think that the teacher understood that in that moment, but in reality, a lot of times teachers don't or they don't give a fuck. They're sending that 
girl to the principal's office who's getting in trouble for some shit she's going on that's going on in her life that she shouldn't have that other people don't have to go through. Like, that's an extra burden on her when you, an uh, extra burden on, like, minority kids who come from poor backgrounds who don't have yeah. the resources. They have a lot of extra baggage mm -hmm. that weighs it down and these teachers yeah. don't give a fuck. But so, like, I'm looking at that and like, oh, but it, at the end of the episode, when we see her again, she's, like you said, she's bright-eyed, she's chipper, and she's back to... So, go ahead. Yeah, so, when you say because the wire goes deeper into that, it yeah, shows yeah. their home life. They it got shows, a lot more time. It shows the reactions and, and how that affects them, you know, in the classroom and that kind of stuff. But yeah, this this show maybe like I was I sometimes thought about being a teacher. It's tough being a teacher. Doing all these personalities, yeah. all this all this okay. teenage angst, all you know, suicides happening all the time because who want to deal with a kid killing themselves? Right? Yeah. yeah, that's rough, man. And then, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, like and so I mean, this was some heavy stuff. Like this yeah. kid who. In 30 I, minutes. <laughs> I would imagine, you know, is like, yeah, he probably got young parents and his, his dad's probably buying, trying to buy his love and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And then he kills himself. And then, mm. but once we get to that that last scene, it, it really kind of submits uh, Paperboy and Erm's relationship. Yes, sir. Right. So, yes, sir. you know, he walks in, both of their mothers are there. Um, and I kind of thought like they're not, I don't know how they're, they're they're related. I don't know if it's on his dad's side or on his mom's right. side because when they came in, she was like, she said, my mother always said, you only got one point. She didn't say our mother always said, she right. said my mother. So I don't really, you know, you go. But she was talking to her, so that could, like, it's it's just not clear. We don't know. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that part, you know, the closing. All right, so, like, it, it really struck me because, like, I when I'm watching this, like, it's especially multiple times. Like, I'll watch it the first time, like, just to watch it and get the story. And then, like, if I watch it again, like, now I'm looking for the intricacies. And, like, I, I just like last episode, I, I was looking at the how Paperboy was looking in the mirror at Earn, like, to see his reaction to the situation. Like, now I'm looking at, like, how when his mother is telling, like, when uh, Earn's mother is telling him, I heard somebody killed their son. I'm looking at Ern. I'm looking at his reaction to her saying those words. And I'm looking at Paperboy. Like, and they had Paperboy. And I'm, the direction of this, like the surrealism, like every shot means something. Like it, it's not like just by accident. Paperboy has his feet up. He's relaxed. Yeah. He's got to know this. Everybody knows it already. Right. But Paperboy is relaxed. Like Ern, when she's telling him this, He's struggling. Like he, you, you can see that he he's having a hard time dealing with it. And Paperboy's relaxed. Like, and she asked him, "Did you know him?" And he says, "I kind of no. He was in your class. He was in your home. You definitely know them. You know what it's about." And like she says, "Oh well, like the school says they may have a few things, uh, or no, the school says they, but nobody knows what really happened. He knows exactly what happened, who was involved, all that. Doesn't say nothing. He wants, he goes, sits down next to paperwork. Nothing has to be said. It's an understanding. Like, Paperboy did that. Like, yeah. and both of them have to live with that. Like, yeah, somebody fuck with you, they fuck with both of them. It's, 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 it's but like a lot. kid died behind 
the decision, it all goes back to decisions. Like, mm. he made the decision to say, like, I'm not going to say, it don't matter who shit fake. Like, both both of them got on them. He didn't say, both of them could be real. Like, this one, is this brand, this, or like, or this, yeah, this version. Sick. Like, no, no. He put that on somebody, and it caused him to do whatever he did. I'm not saying he's, he killed him, but like, he he played a part in the shit that made him kill himself. Like and like it, it is what it is. Like yeah. that's my that's blood. Like if Ern was fucked up about it, he was not at all. Yeah, and it's interesting that that like it was he was affected by it, but then also Ern had the poster of Sub Zero. You know he had the Outcast poster, but he had the yeah. Sub Zero poster. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, so, you know, that brings us to the end of the episode. Like I said, there's an arc. This episode was necessary to really kind of dial it back to really see the nature of their relationship, how close they are. Um, anything else on this one? Or Oh, no, no. I, I, that's that's a perfect place to leave it, cause it or leave it because it leads right into the next episode with it, it put a kind of micro, it put Earn and Paperboy's relationship under a microscope and gives you a perfect lead-in into the into the next episode, which we're gonna get to. Like y'all better stay tuned because shit gets lit. <laughs> yeah. So again, this is another Atlanta season two recap from Anthropology. As you see, we mind and mind culture. As always, it's the Silk Man. They'll say Doso Leon they Soir. Your silkiness, air silky, big silk dog with my compadre. As always, yes, yeah, your boy Louis Newton. I brought out the pie when we was out. I say that just to fight. Boy, keep lying. <laughs> Not at all. It's Luke Kane. You know, I got the fly kicks. That's me too. Like the, the resident resident of the podcast.